Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 252 of the podcast. It's the 18th of November, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a fascinating conversation with Ava Witzel. Ava is an unschooling mom and homeschooling activist living in the Netherlands with her husband and their two teen children. Her journey to unschooling is such an interesting one, as is her varied experience supporting the Dutch homeschooling community and affecting legislation there. We dive into technology, following our passionate interests, supporting children as they become teenagers, and lots more. I want to point out that this is, for lack of a better term, an advanced unschooling conversation. If you're newer to unschooling, it might be a bit more of a challenge to recognize the unschooling foundation that lies beneath some of the more schoolish-sounding things we talk about. For example, how Ava is supporting her son's desire to pursue aerospace engineering, which means in the Netherlands getting a high school diploma. Knowing that his learning style doesn't mesh well with a classroom, rather than insist he go to school, she's figuring out ways to create interesting experiences in which he can't help but learn many of the things needed. All the while checking in with him regularly to see that he's still interested in his bigger picture aspirations. Because he can always change his mind. There are no expectations on him to, quote, finish what he starts. Or Ava's love of math, inspiring her to create a math curriculum that is basically about creating an environment where it's impossible not to learn math through fun activities and playing games. Helping parents who are often math-phobic create a math-friendly home. Part of our de-schooling journey includes exploring our negative school experiences with an eye to not passing along our learning-related anxieties to our children. Ava's math website is in Dutch, but in the show notes, I'll also share links to Pam Sarushian's English-language math-related blog posts. Pam unschooled her three now-adult kids and is an economics professor and math enthusiast. If you're feeling some math resistance and want to explore ways to move through that, check out her website and our podcast conversation way back in episode number two. All that to say, if you're newer to unschooling, maybe think of this conversation as planting some wonderful unschooling seeds for future germination. As a personal update, I've recorded five upcoming podcast calls in the last five days. I am just bubbling over with unschooling inspiration. And I am a bit tired. It looks like the podcast is going to be all set to flow through the upcoming holiday season with some really wonderful conversations that I'm excited to share with you. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the growing podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. 
And this week, I'm sending out this month's wallpaper to my patrons. When you join, you'll get immediate access to the archive of more than two years of digital wallpapers with inspiring unschooling quotes and ideas. I have a lot of fun creating them. And now, let's dive into my conversation with Ava. Welcome, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Ava Witzel. Hi, Ava. Hi, Pam. Hello. <laughs> so nice to meet you. And we were recently introduced through uh, a guest on the podcast, and I am really looking forward to hearing more about your unschooling experience. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's interested in right now? Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, my name is Eva. I'm from the Netherlands. So uh, English is not my first language, so I'll try my best, but um, it's good to know. Um, we live in uh, near the city center of The Hague. So uh, it's a big city in the Netherlands. Um, we live there uh, with my husband and two children. Um, my husband's name is Arnoud and my uh, children are uh, Beerwend and he's 15 years old. And um, my daughter, who is female, and she's 13 years old. She'll be 14 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yay. So what's everybody interested in right now? Yeah. Well, um, we started unschooling when my son was four. So that was a long time ago. But um, when he was uh, like 13, he decided he wanted to uh, study aerospace engineering so, uh, yeah. And um, in the Netherlands, the educational system is a bit different from the United States and Canada and lots of other countries. And it's really difficult uh, study to get into without a high school diploma. So um, he needs to get a diploma. And that's also different than in a, in a lot of other countries. You have to take exams for all the subjects. And um, so that's what he is preparing for now. He uh, started we started that when he was 13 and last year, um, so last school year, that is, um, he did his first exam in biology and he passed it. So that was really great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't do any school until he was 13. And then in two years, he did just like the whole biology and then <laughs> he passed his exam. So that was wonderful. And then uh, this year he will be doing English and uh, history. And well, in the next couple of years, we'll do the different subjects and then he'll be able to go to university. Um, so he's doing a lot of that and uh, working on that. And um, he's got, got a couple of hobbies too. So he um, plays field hockey, he plays tennis. Um, he does a lot of music production and playing piano. So those are things he really likes. He watches a lot of YouTube videos and uh, is really into playing computer games. He's always been like that, I think, <laughs> since he could operate an iPhone or an iPad or a computer. He was playing games. So uh, those are the things my son is up to at the moment. My daughter is still 13, so and she doesn't have plans, really specific plans like that yet. She does say that eventually she might want to go to university, but hasn't any particular interest yet that she wants to study or something like that. And she doesn't has the goal to uh, get a high school diploma. So uh, she's still doing what we were doing before, uh, doing the things she likes. So uh, it's a lot of uh, scrolling through Pinterest 
and uh, um, she's always finding fun stuff to do on Pinterest. She likes arts and crafts and things like that. So she's into um, uh, making the little uh, friendship bracelets with the little knots in it. Yeah, she's doing lots of those. She started embroidery recently. Um, She likes to crochet, um, those kind of things. And she's... um, uh, we're together. We are reading a book list about the history of science. Both my children uh, are really into science and math. Um, I don't think it's uh, uh, that's because my husband and I really like it too. So we're always really enthusiastic about it. So uh, <laughs> I think it was a little bit contagious. So uh, yeah, and they uh, so th- she does a lot of math too and history of science. We're reading the book list. And, uh, yeah, talking to friends uh, with WhatsApp, uh, things like that. Yeah. My husband, yeah, he works full time. And he, uh, he plays field hockey too and tennis, plays the guitar, um, does a little bit of math with my daughter sometimes. Um, yeah, that's about it. It's just a lot, lot of work. He, he works five days a week, so he spends a lot of time working. Um, and I'm at home with the children every day. So I do lots of stuff with them. And uh, up until earlier this year, I was really active for the Dutch Homeschooling Association. Mm-hmm. Um, did most of the, uh, the work lobbying with our government to make sure they didn't uh, make homeschooling impossible in the Netherlands. That was one of their goals a couple of years ago. So uh, that was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I stopped those activities earlier this year. Um, because I was wanted to work on, uh, I'm writing my own uh, math curriculum for homeschool children in the Netherlands. So um, that's what I'm working on a lot. Uh, that's, uh, that takes up a lot of my time at the moment. And I organize lots of things for homeschooling children. That takes a lot of time as well. Yeah. 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 Wow. I love hearing how. <clears throat> You can see how the different interests of of the people in the family weave together the things that, um, you know, like you said, when we're just excited about something that is often contagious because we see the fun side of it. Right. Yeah. And that with what the other thing that stood out was that this a love for science, what you're looking at is the history of science. So, you know, it's not, Oh, you know, you like science, we need to um, focus on science experiments and learning facts and, you know, that kind of stuff. But the full breadth of it, like we always talk about whatever your interest is, you can hit so much of it, like oh, yes. the history Definitely. of science. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we did lots of experiments too, especially uh, to, uh, from a really young age. Mm-hmm. I, and that's, I think that's the way I uh, had them, uh, made them a little a, bit enthusiastic about science. Because a, fun side. a lot of people are already, when they're just small kids, they like have the, the curriculum and the textbooks and, and it's a bit dry and uh, the, the the theory about how everything works without the wonder of uh, of science, the 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 experiments like the things that everyone 
every homeschooler usually does with the baking soda and the vinegar. Oh, yeah, my children yeah. loved it. So we did that like a million times. And I had food coloring and I added lots of things and they had so much fun with doing experiments like that. So they thought science was the yeah one of the funnest things to do. <laughs> yeah. well, exactly, because it's just about how our world works, right? It's yeah. just exploring that. So yeah. it is so much fun to play with all that kind of stuff. And how it can, it can really, like, even if if that was their only interest, you could open up the whole world, like they could explore the whole world just through that lens. So it's it's really fun to see that. So you mentioned you guys started unschooling when your eldest was four. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd be curious to hear how you discovered unschooling, how you came across it, and what your move to unschooling looked like. And we, um, he, he went to school when he was four. So, uh-huh. but if, if we go back a little bit uh, before that, um, when he was just a baby, I found some, I needed advice on breastfeeding and baby stuff and things like that. So I ended up on uh, on the breastfeeding forum on, on the internet. And there was one uh, family, the, the mother was there as well. And she told us that she was planning to homeschool her children. And her oldest was just a little bit, uh, I think about two years older than, than mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a little bit before my son was supposed to start uh, school. And I was like, hmm, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> and uh, most people I know and most people I speak to, when they first hear about homeschooling, they're like, what's that? Why would you do that? Is that even allowed? Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. So that was a really different reaction for me. And I think that came because um, my husband and I, Obviously, obviously just went to school when we were young and we didn't really like it. It was just, it was not an awful experience, but it was a bit boring for us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and what I also noticed is then um, in the Netherlands, you have like in elementary school and then at 12, you start high school. So you don't have middle school or anything. So yeah. the, the elementary school, when we finished that and I went to high school, the teachers were all like, mm, what do they teach you at elementary school? You don't know anything. And then I finished high school and I got my diploma. I was really happy with my diploma and I went to university. And the teachers there said the same thing. They were like, they don't teach you anything anymore. You don't know anything. And I was like, okay. Well, and then I, I graduated from university. I was really proud of myself. Had my first job, had my first manager tell me. Oh, people who just come out from of university, I have to teach them everything. They don't know anything. And like in hindsight, I think he was a bit right. So uh, I didn't know. I knew a lot of things, of course, after studying for like 21 years, but not very practical things that I needed in the job that I was doing. So um, to me, um, the educational system wasn't that good, I think. It wasn't really uh, something I found very important. Um, but uh, my husband and I at the time both worked uh, four days a week and my children went to daycare and they had a great time at daycare. So I didn't have a problem with that. And I saw school a bit like daycare. It was like, oh, he spent 24 hours in daycare a week uh, before that. And now we went, we will go to school for 25 hours. It's not a big of a difference. So 
I was like, uh, the school was not really important to me educationally, but it was more like a daycare or something like that. And then he went to school and he didn't like it. And school didn't like it. They were, after just a couple of weeks, they were on the phone and telling us, this isn't good and this isn't good. And I went, okay, yeah. then no school, then we don't do it. So it, because it wasn't that important to us educationally, and I'd heard about homeschooling before, I thought, well, if if it's not working and it's just like daycare and if it's not a good daycare then you don't bring your children there so we just quit and then we started homeschooling and i'm really a person who likes to research things before i do something so i read a lot of books and websites uh, blogs too there was not a lot of information in dutch at that time still isn't a lot at the moment so mostly american uh, blogs and um you had yahoo email lists yeah. uh, i didn't have facebook uh, yet well i at least i didn't have a facebook account i don't think it existed yet so i did um uh, i read a lot on yahoo email lists like that and uh, i discovered unschooling and it just made a lot of sense i'm really uh, analytical rational thinker So I wasn't attracted to it by a lot of people are about the freedom and things like that. It was just, it made uh, the most sense on uh, the level of how brains work, how children learn and the most um, yeah effective ways for children to learn things are when they are interested in something and not when uh, someone else sets up a planning and says do this this day and do this that day and cuts it cuts it all up in little pieces and so that's not how learning works and um unschooling was the homeschooling philosophy that fit the science about learning best i thought at least so that's what we did and it fits my son best because my son wasn't that easy going when he was little so um it was for him it was best too so i think that combination led us to unschooling wow i love that story yeah i love i love the focus on learning and how that learning works and setting up the environment because it, it is when you see there are an inordinate amount of teachers who come to this come to unschooling too because when you do look at it it is so much about building this this kind of environment right where they can um, follow what's interesting to them in the moment and sink into it for as long as they want they can you know dive as deep as they want and then move on versus like you were saying like the chop you know you do this today or you do this this morning you did this this afternoon and work at all for him not okay. one bit <laughs> exactly. you no know, they tried it in school when they were like he doesn't listen and i'm like yeah <laughs> yep 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 that was the same with my oldest um the other piece that i loved was your story about going for a through each level, education level for yourself, and each one saying, oh, they're not teaching you anything now. I am going to have, that was my experience so much. And that was a, a piece that was super valuable for me when I was deciding, you know, homeschooling and then unschooling very quickly after that. Um, because it was so much about, well, you know, I learned all these things and you you got that reaction with well it wasn't what they wasn't what I supposedly needed 
for the next level of the track that they oh, were no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that right? was, for example, when we went to university, then uh, the first uh, report I had to write, I'd never done anything like that before. So I had no idea how to do that. Well, that's bad. Was, uh, I, I was like, I'm, I've went to school for so many years. Why didn't they teach me this in school? And I had to learn it all by myself. And that's something that I also realized uh, that uh, a lot of the things that I knew didn't come from school or university, that I learned them in other ways. So if you realize that, then you're a lot, yeah, a lot of steps along the way to unschooling. Exactly, exactly. It's the the practical knowledge. And, you know, as you're thinking about the different styles of learning, it's it's the hands-on piece. Like it's following what you're interested in and actually being able to do it that gets you the skills that are going to be most useful. Like you're not going to completely switch gears very often, you know, as even from childhood into adulthood, like I'm sure you saw for your son yep. that, that those aerospace interests. And it didn't drop out of nowhere. Yeah. It was, uh, I can see where that came from. And yep. but that was a really interesting thing for me when I started unschooling, I'm like um, uh, a planner and yeah. I like to organize things. And I, I have lots of to-do lists and, and, and all yeah. those kind of things. I like that. But um, for planning someone else's education, that's not really possible. And um, I, I don't know where I read something about it, but I read somewhere about this idea that you can't control what your children, what your child is going to learn and, um, and what uh, outcome it will have, the unschooling. And I remember thinking, yeah, I thought it had an uh, outcome because you get a diploma and you know that you have had this education and you learned all these things. And then I thought, this is what the outcome will be. But then I thought, then I started thinking about it. This is just, you don't have a guaranteed outcome because you might forget things, but still pass the exam. You don't um, necessarily will go to, we have different three different levels of high school in the Netherlands. I don't know which one he will go to. I think he will go there, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he even wants to. So um, there are so many things that you don't know before you start with. Yeah, you don't really start, but before you don't, you can't predict it. And that was a kind of difficult switch for me to make. This is not something I can plan. This is not something I'm going to decide he has to decide for himself and later my daughter has to had to decide for herself and they both are on their separate ways they're not they're really not alike so they have their different interests and it's really great to see that um developing for example my son he started playing minecraft at one point played minecraft for hours and days and weeks and months and years and then um that developed into other computer games like the more strategic war games like civilization and total war and battlefield one and i don't know lots of different ones and um i, w- I was always reading because i'm really a researcher so every age has his new um challenges so i always kept reading and uh-huh. learning about what is important for the children that are a bit older than mine are so i could just have a little bit of a glimpse in the future. So I I had read about other people who were saying if your son likes, if your child likes these kind of games, he might like Kerbal Space Program. So I went to my son and said, would you like me to buy Kerbal Space Program for you? And he'd heard about it and he said, yeah, I'll try it. And so I bought Kerbal Space Program. And he, 
I think he spent like a year playing Goebbels space program. Mm -hmm. And that's where it started that he really liked aerospace engineering. And then um, him and I did uh, a MOOC, like the um, online university courses. So uh, there's a MOOC on uh, introduction to aerospace engineering. So we did that together. He he knew so much about aerospace engineering and he was like 13. So he didn't have enough knowledge about the math to do all the problems. And I didn't have the aerospace engineering knowledge. So we did it together. I brought in my math skills and he his uh, aerospace engineering skills. And together we were like really good. (laughs) Solve anything. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you know what? That leads so nicely into our next question, because as you mentioned, your kids are now uh, in their teens, right? Yeah. And I wanted, I was curious about how your unschooling days uh, look different now that they're older. And I just love that story of you guys diving in together. I think, I think when, and that's a more experienced unschooling, um, thing to do. I think when people first come to unschooling, there there is, I wonder if we create, there's a fear of curriculum. Like unschoolers don't oh, yeah. do anything that looks like school at all, like because yeah. it's bad. But I think that's a good thing. When you start, you shouldn't, because otherwise people, yeah, when they start unschooling and they uh, immediately uh, take up textbooks and curriculum, and they go off that way and they never go yeah. back. That's yeah. exact, exactly what I was getting at, because yeah. at first, you know, you think you you think that's the only way to learn. Right. So when yeah. you're first coming, it is really valuable to not go that route, especially as your first choice. Right. To discover all the different ways you can learn things, all the different ways you can dive into things. And then later, it just becomes another option on the big smorgasbord of learning possibilities when you're interested in something, right? So that you guys could just go in to that aerospace engineering course and play with it. And you guys could play with it together. And it wasn't about grades and it wasn't about, you know, oh, we have to do this well. We have to not help each other. You know, it's a completely different way of learning. Yeah, I think a lot of parents would have done it differently. They would have just given it to him and say, well, do it yourself because you want to learn it then then just do it and um and if if you help them it's considered cheating yes and I was like he would never have been able to do this if I hadn't helped him because he just didn't have all the math knowledge that were necessary to be able to do it but I wouldn't have been able to do it because I didn't know as much about aerospace engineering and so and also what we did was we did the the first part that was about orbital mechanics so lots of physics and math in it and then uh, the last bit was about uh, systems engineering and about safety issues and regulations and things like that didn't interest him. So we we quit after the bit about physics and, and math. And I was like, well, if it's not interesting, then we don't do it. And a lot of people would, would like, wow, it would you be to nice finish. to finish it. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, why would we do that? If, if, he, if he wants to study aerospace engineering, you at one point have to do things like that, but that's like 10 years from now or something. Exactly. That that's just a little seed planted that this is, that that's a component of it. it. So are there any other ways, some other ways that your unschooling days are looking different now that your kids are older? 
Yeah, I think so different because um, the the thing about that he wants to get his diploma, it's not an easy path. So it's a lot of work. So and it's a lot of work for me as well because he's um, well, he's fifteen now, but he started when he was thirteen, and also at this moment still, he's not really able to plan it himself. So he's like, I want to have this uh, long term goal, but in the short term, I have to make this decision to do the work now. And that's not working in his brains yet. He really definitely wants the long-term goal, but then um, making it possible by doing the work now, uh, that's, uh, I have to be the, his planning. Uh, yeah. and, and I, that's a difficult, uh, it's been, it's a, still a difficult decision like every day. <laughs> no, no, not every day. I don't think about it every day, but if it, I'm, uh, a real unschooler at heart so I don't want to force him to do it yeah. so I don't want to go on like well we have to do it now because if we don't we're blah blah yeah. blah so I, I don't want to be like that but on the other hand he has made it so clear and he's we've been working at it for two years now that he really wants to get his diploma so me saying I'm not going to help you I can help you but I won't because I don't like it uh, that's not good either so it's hmm, it's I, I think that's difficult that's uh that's been a difficult journey for us to do so um i try to do it like as much um uh in an unschooling way so creating an environment in which he just has to learn the things he, he can't but learn it so uh, for example for biology um we had the textbook but i also had a lot of um just normal books to read, like uh, fiction. Um, uh, we read lots of uh, non-fiction books as well, but just better than textbooks because textbooks usually are a bit boring. So I we, we read a lot, a lot of books like that. We watched documentaries. We watched. Um, he really likes watching videos about all kinds of things. So I uh, looked up a lot of videos uh, on every subject we had to uh, learn about. And I had... Uh, a biology club I organized a monthly so other uh, homeschoolers could join us and we set lots of different activities every month uh, on the different subjects we were working on at that moment so we um, in that way I had I tried to um, do lots of biology related things that he would absorb the biology that he needed to pass his exam and you can't um, uh, learn everything you need for your exam like that, but you can learn a lot like that. And so, uh, and that's the way he learns best. So that's how we uh, try to set it up. But yeah, it's it, it, when we when they were younger, uh, it was more like we did whatever we felt like doing, and that's not uh, the case anymore. So I think that's like a short summary of what I was saying. <laughs> Yeah. And for my daughter, it feels a bit more, it feels the same, like we've always done. So we do the things we like to do. And if I've planned something to do for her and she doesn't want to, we do something else. So and that's just what we've always, always done. So that's um, more similar. But I, what I really like is that when they're older and the things they're learning now are um, a bit more interesting than they were younger. <laughs> so that's something that I really like with teenagers, that there's really interesting things to learn about. And I'm learning a lot as well. So that's I, that's what I really like. Yeah, That's so fun. That's so fun. It, and it's true. Like the things that they're interested in, 
and and often they're new things for us, right? So we yeah. are. It's not that we're like remembering stuff that we never learned, but we're exploring totally new things. It's so fascinating. And thanks very much for sharing your story. Uh, um, you know how your your son's journey with learning, because that it's it's a beautiful unschooling example of helping our kids and supporting them <clears throat> as they're trying to reach goals or, you know, just do things that, that they want. But, but that, like, I love that it's not, okay, you want this diploma, here's the school path, and yeah, you just got to follow it, and, and yeah. I'll just keep on top of you. No, not at all. It's like, I know my child. I know the way he likes to bring information in. I know the way he likes to learn. And you're supporting that so beautifully by finding interesting ways for him to bring the information in that helps him take the next step on the path that he is, is really interested in following. Right. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe a year down the road, you'll get to a point where he's like, you know what, maybe this isn't worth the path. Maybe we have those kind of conversations sometimes. Yeah. Do you still really want this because it's so much work and you're not always happy about it. Do you still, he's really, uh, he has no doubt. (laughs) No. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a a lovely story about, and you can see all in the background, like, I mean, you don't have time to explain, you know, in our conversation, all the different pieces, but I can just imagine, yeah, those conversations about, you know, uh, timing and, and, and just motivation and like all that stuff, even, even going through the stress of writing an exam about it, you know, I can, all of that is just fodder for your conversation, right? And it's very much just a dance through, like you said, it, it just comes up, you know, multiple times a week, I imagine, you know, that, you know, it's another day because each day is a fresh day for making those choices, right? Yep. Um, yeah. And and that you've taken the time to to find um, all sorts of different ways for him to engage with the stuff that he's interested in. Like yeah. that's that's the beautiful unschooling piece. So thanks very much for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, you and your husband are involved in technology stuff and your your love for math and, and science and stuff like that. So I would love to hear um, how the different aspects of technology weave their way through your lives. Now you mentioned your son and his computer games and oh. Michael loved Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. And, and, and Outer Wilds. I don't know if your son has discovered Outer Wilds. No, I haven't heard of him. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I'd love to hear more about uh, tech in your lives. Yeah, I think there's there's two things to that. I think the one thing was when they were younger, I noticed a lot of people having really big difficulties with uh, anything technology related. So playing uh, apps on the iPhone, um, watching television, um, playing computer games. And we really liked those things. So I had no trouble introducing them to my children. And I had no trouble at all uh, letting them play however and whatever and how long they wanted. Because I thought it was a good thing to do. Um, so, And that's kind of related to the um, 
the, the, the parenting part about unschooling, um, that those kind of things can be really hard. This was not an area I was struggling with. I was more mm, with the uh, parenting, like the uh, relationship, yeah. uh, because he's just not really easy child to raise. So the other one is a lot easier. So <laughs> that was a struggle for me um, um, because they uh, he's very similar to me as well. So the things that I can't really handle, he can't do. He doesn't do well with. And so we kind of push each other's buttons often. So that's that that's been the difficult part of parenting for me. But things like uh, eating whatever they like or. Uh, uh, whenever they like and uh, sleeping when they're tired, those were the easy parts. And and technology has been a part of that as well. So we always always supported them playing. We we, we kind of um, um, motivated them. And the Minecraft, for example, yeah. he didn't know about Minecraft. He was like seven or eight when I uh, introduced it to him, and I showed him on the iPad. Would you like to play the game? He didn't like it. So I was like, well, okay put it away again, try something else. And then I think about six months later, I showed it him again. And uh, I don't know why it came up, but we had a look at it again. He was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And we gave him the uh, subscription to the, the the thing. And then he started playing and playing and playing. And I was always sitting next to him because at the moment, I, I'm not sure if they had a Dutch version, but I, if they had, I didn't know about it. So he had an English version. Mm-hmm. That's how he learned. Uh, English and that's how he learned to read how he learned to write and uh, there's so many things that he learned from playing Minecraft but he didn't just magically learn them he was playing Minecraft and I was sitting next to him and he was like what does this say how do you write lobby how do you write spawn and how do you do this and I was uh, that was um, something that I thought was really good to invest in because it was something he was really interested in he had so much fun with it, and I could see him learning all day, every day, and I was really happy with it. So um, I think that was also because of our backgrounds, but also because I was looking at him and seeing him do things, and really not not just like, oh, he's playing Minecraft, he's in front of the screen all day, and if you don't look at what they're really doing, then you don't see the learning in it. But I did see the learning in it really so much so um yeah that's uh that was a good thing the other thing about uh um the technology part is that um here in the netherlands there's so little homeschoolers they're uh literally at the moment a a little over a thousand children in the netherlands that are homeschooled so i think and that's they're spread out all over the country it's not a big country it's just a small country but they're spread out all over the country and especially um, because they have this rule that you're not allowed to start homeschooling after your child has already been to school. So don't ask me how we did that, but we did. But um, the, uh, there are some younger children homeschooling, but there are so little children in, in their age group. When we started homeschooling, there were about 250 homeschooled children in all of the Netherlands at the time. So that's not a lot. So if you want to um, do things with other homeschoolers, which we did because they both really like doing things with other children, then um, you have to organize things that people are um, interested enough to uh, drive all the way to your house to do that every month. 
So, and I found that history and um, the science, and I started with the science club uh, when they were 11 and nine. And I did that for three years every month. And uh, that was something that they, that other families really liked that their children were able to do at my house. So they were like playing with all the vinegar and baking soda and all kinds of stuff and making a big mess. And it wasn't at their own yes. house. <laughs> yeah. So we did that at our house. And then I always did it like that we had some time for the um, uh, the uh, science club activities and that they all also had time to just play with each other. So it wasn't just for the doing the experiments and learning things, but it was also an opportunity for all the families that came together to the, the mothers to talk together and the, all the children to play together. And so that was a really uh, a nice setup that um, I changed to a history club last year. It was really nice as well, but then the pandemic and now, now <laughs> difficult to organize things now. But uh, I still do uh, some things that uh, you can mostly do outside. So I still try to do things like that. But it, it helped that I had this science and math background because uh, a lot of homeschoolers are a little bit intimidated by, intimidated by uh, subjects like that. And so they really like sending their children to me and uh, letting do me do my thing with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that is, that is helpful in that because you're bringing that fun energy to it, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. curious, that enthusiasm that you were talking about earlier, you know, like, I love this stuff. This is so much fun. Yeah. And you can all go play, you know, it's without the expectation, right? That mm-hmm. they go step by step by step, you know, so yeah. that's, that is so much nicer than, you know, a parent who is still fearful of it and intimidated by the topic. So, I mean, there's a lot of, of um, homeschooling, unschooling parents who work on their math phobia that they developed mm-hmm. in school, right? That fear. Yeah. So I mean, that that is an important part as well to try not to pass that on to their kids. So it's lovely that you offered that opportunity for all the kids to come together and that it comes from technology, right? I mean, me as well, um, I didn't know any unschoolers, let alone even homeschoolers, when we first decided to take the plunge. And it was only, I only discovered it through uh, searches on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing, the school wasn't working for my oldest. I was searching and searching. And then one day I came across the word homeschooling. And I'm like, what on earth is that? (laughs) You know, uh, so technology is uh, such a wonderful tool, right? That, that helps us as parents in what we're doing, but also just with engaging with our kids and, and them. um, Yeah. It's that vilified, what you mentioned, I'm going to get this out properly about um, watching what they're doing, knowing what they're doing, engaging with them in what mm-hmm. they're doing is such a key aspect of the technology fears, right? Because if you're just sitting back, yes, you just see a screen, right? Mm-hmm. And everything just gets lumped into that screen. Yet when you are with them um, having conversations or watching or doing it with them, you see all the learning that's going on. Mm 
constantly, right? Even just playing any kind of game, you can see the critical thinking skills that are in there. You know, all those pieces, the numbers, the 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 data management, like all that stuff that they're doing. The history and geography. He learned from all playing all those uh, war games. It's... I thought he would never learn geography because he wasn't interested at all. And then he started playing games like that. And now he knows more about it than I do. He, he can look at a map and say, well, this is now called this. and But it used to be called this country. And it used to, before that, it was that country. And he knows so much more than I do. And this was just because of the uh, video games he played and the um, uh, YouTube videos he watched on them because he really likes to go on YouTube and watch lots of videos made by other people about the games that he likes. And yeah. they're all interesting and i've uh, i really like watching them together with him so mm-hmm. i've uh, he found a crash course he found it i didn't find it for him he found it himself and we're like oh this is nice and we watched so many together so that's um um it can also uh you if you if you like follow them a little bit they can go ways and take it a lot further than you would have been able to do if you uh, uh, had to decide for them what they had to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the really fascinating thing too is when they take it someplace and you're like, I never even thought of going in that direction, right? And it's just, it's seeing how much interesting things they can bring into our lives too when they follow their path versus us trying to, think two steps ahead and be directing them in place. Right. Like, and there is just, it's just so fascinating to see what they do with it and, and being there with them um, is just, it helps us see like bottom line, it helps us see what they're learning. It helps us feel more comfortable with technology. And then when you get past that, it's just engaging as human beings with what we're curious about in the world. And and then it's just us each bringing different things to each other. Oh, you know, I came across Kerbal Space Program, you know, and he came across this. And your lives are so much richer from what everybody brings to it, aren't they? Yeah, and it's and and that's the relationship uh, enhancing thing about unschooling. If you if your lives are like that, then you your relationship with each other improves. Uh, as well, because uh, you take each other seriously and you find an interest and you share it with some someone else without the expectation that he needs to like it, but just showing them things. And sometimes they are like, oh, that's interesting. I don't want to watch it as well. And we watch it together. But it's um, oh, there's there's some place I like to go and they say, well, we'll, we'll go as well. I really like hiking. So and uh, I've taken them to lots of places uh, and um yeah, they kind of like it. They're teenagers. They're not like jumping up and down with enthusiasm, but they 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 like that I've done it. <laughs> Let me say it like that. So he, he, they like that I've done it. So there's um, things you do for each other because they, you know that the other person is really interested in it, and it's that's just because of the relationship you have together and the trust. Um, they they really kind of trust me. So if I say something, I think you will like this. Let's try it out they're always happy to try it out because they know that I sometimes uh, it's not a good guess and they don't like it, but I'm, I'm always really doing it with the intention to um, show them something or bring them something or take them somewhere uh, with the intention that they uh, will probably like it because I think they like it and not 
with the intention that I think it's necessary for them to do that or something like that. Yeah, well, that's, most parents have that intention in their minds. Well, they really have to be exposed to this or that. or blah, blah, blah. And um, that's not really my intention when I bring something to them. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, oh, I think they might like that. And then uh, yeah, I introduce it to them. And then there um, starts developing some kind of trust that they know that um, if I say you might like it, that it's worthwhile to uh, have a look at it. And you figured out you've been good at that because, like you were saying, that relationship, that connection, because you're with them and you you know yeah. the things that they're interested in. So you are making a good guess yeah. and you're sharing it without the expectation that they have to like it. Right. Yeah. So that that's the brilliant piece. Like you got they you guys have developed this trust that you and you developed a great understanding of them that they've come to trust your intuition when you think they're going to like something, but they also know it's okay at the end of it say, you know what? Yeah. That wasn't as fun as we kind of thought we're not going to do that again. Like, and that is totally okay too. Yeah. That, that level of trust in each other in a relationship. Yeah. Because it goes the other way around as well, because I trust them as well. If they say, no, that's not good. I'm not going there any Again, now I'm saying, oh, okay, we won't go. For example, my daughter, she doesn't always um, uh, have uh, the words to explain what she's feeling. So um, especially when she was younger, she was really not able to explain things. And she was like, no, I don't want to go there anymore. I want to quit this or things like that. And I was always like, okay, I, I don't understand. And you're not able to explain me, but okay. We'll stop. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, so it goes the other way around as well. I trust them as well and trust their opinions. And I trust that they know what they need and what's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And part of that trust is that they don't need to be able to explain themselves. Right? Yeah. And I like it when there are because yes, uh, it's easier for me to help them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to help them process it further, right? Excuse me? So it's nice. It's nice if they can explain why, because then you can help them process through it and you get a better understanding of them. But even if they can't explain it, they just have this feeling, you know, it's definitely worth it uh, to follow that because it helps them learn more about themselves too. Right. I'm not sure why I don't like it yet, but I know I don't want to go. Not going helps them learn more. Okay. You know, so next month they're thinking, oh, you know, I didn't go that there. I didn't do that. How am I feeling? I'm more excited. You know, and maybe later on down the road that they figure out why it was uncomfortable for them. But if you push them through that, they're never going to learn that piece, right? Yeah. And they, I, I also think that it's really important that they learn to trust themselves. So uh, if I overrule them and say, yeah. well, you can't explain it to me, so you need to go, then uh, that doesn't help their um, trust in, to d- develop the trust in themselves. Uh, so, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a great point. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit. You mentioned earlier that you were involved in the government discussions around homeschooling legislation. I just wondered if you could share a little bit about that experience and what unschooling looks like in the Netherlands. Yeah, unschooling in the Netherlands, it is possible because um, in the Netherlands, homeschooling doesn't uh, exist. 
in our law, there's no word homeschooling in it. So what we do, you get an exemption from uh, compulsory schooling. So you don't are you don't have to uh, send them to school. And then what you do with your child is up to you. And so you can do distance learning, you can do homeschooling, whatever you like. So uh, and there's no oversight. So there's no rules or uh, requirements or anything. Um, that is also the problem because the Dutch government doesn't really like that because they're scared that we're uh, like uh, neglecting uh, educational neglect or um, uh, abuse uh, and the children don't go to school and nobody will see it. So the normal things that our uh, government officials say in lots of countries, and we have that in our country as well. And uh, at one time, it was in 2013, uh, we had a government that said, well, let's just get rid of it all. Um, we've we've been having, uh, like the Homeschooling Association had been having discussions with the government about a type of oversight uh, for homeschooling. Uh, but they were just like, the, there was a new person. He said, no, let's just get rid of it. And the problem at that time was that the, uh, there was no majority of political parties that would help us. So it was really uh, a big risk for succeeding so uh, that's when I said, well, uh, I, uh, from my study background, did a lot of policy analysis and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm able to help. I'm good at organizing. I'm good at talking. I'm good at um, policy analysis type of thing. So I'll go, come and help. So that's when I started working for the Dutch Homeschooling Association. Well, not working. It's uh, just a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't get paid for anything but it was a lot of work but we were uh, quite successful up to now that uh, still no uh, they didn't get rid of it we were able to talk to all the political parties and then um, explain to them what we were doing and why and uh, we kind of convinced them that it was a strange thing to do but not something to get rid of so uh, uh, that didn't work out for the government officials who thought that they would be able to do that. But then they did say, well, we do need some kind of oversight for it. So the next years were discussing about what kind of oversight it would be. And it was always getting stricter and stricter and more rules. And it was every government we get, we get a new person and he thinks of something worse to do to us. So that's where we are at the moment, still discussing. So that's been like seven years, me talking to them. And the thing was that for, because I was uh, for, coming from an unschooling perspective, I didn't tell those people that I was unschooling. I explained that we were homeschooling and I explained what we were doing and how it, what it looked like for me. But I didn't call it anything like unschooling. They don't like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most people don't like that word. So I just explained to them what we were doing. And, well, people usually, when I explain to them the things we do with our children, they were like, oh, okay, that's kind of impressive, really. So that's that's good. So uh, that helped. And it also helped um, the rest of the community be a little bit reassured that uh, whenever there would be some kind of oversight, it would also be able to work with unschooling because um, when you're more like a school at home family and uh, your homeschooling looks more like with textbooks and with the curriculum and with it and this and, and following the, the government planning for the timeline for uh, when you have to learn what, 
then it's easier to uh, to go through any type of oversight. But if you're unschooling, then it's a little bit more more harder. So that's um, uh, something that I always try to make sure that it would be possible for unschoolers to homeschool as well. And but for me, it was difficult because I had to talk to these people. It was not nice to talk to them. Most of the time, they were like, especially people at the Ministry of Education. They were, they they looked at me like. We were like cockroaches or something, doing something really bad with our children. And I, I used to come home from talking to them, and I was like, and I had to like two days. I needed a day or two to recover from it. So because they have such a different view of what you should do to the to your children, they were like, but you need to test them. It's not possible without testing. And they were like doing things and talking about things that were like so. A, such a different world from from what I was used to and what I thought education was about and the things that I thought were important and they thought that I was like crazy and that was um didn't really like that but yeah did it anyway because I really wanted to save homeschooling and we did uh, up until now so that was a good thing yeah Wow. So I didn't only do the conversation with the government. I also, because the um, Dutch Homeschooling Association, it had existed before, but it wasn't really an active uh, association. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really do a lot of things. And I thought, well, it's important for people to, when they choose to homeschool, that they know about the different forms of homeschooling and that they educate themselves. And it's a bit hard to do in the Netherlands because there's not a lot of uh, Dutch information. So if you don't speak English, it's um, difficult to understand what types of homeschooling there are and uh, what would be a best fit for your family. So we started workshops and things like that for people to explain. So I was always the one explaining unschooling and there were other people explaining about Charlotte Mason, about the well-trained mind and things like that. And uh, that's what we did to try and help other homeschoolers homeschool well. And um, yeah, and I've, this, this, these are all things that are still happening, but other people have uh, taken uh, taken over now. So I'm really glad to see that that didn't just uh, fade away when I stopped doing it. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, at the moment I, I'm I'm trying to support the homeschool community in another way. Just just uh, I'm working on a math curriculum because I think a lot of uh, because I really like math, so it's a subject I like to work on, and it's also something that. Um, if you use a normal curriculum, it's not really uh, necessary to learn math like that in the home. And with my perspective from unschooling, it's uh, it's more like creating an environment where it's impossible not to learn math. And that's uh, do fun activities, play games and do things like that and that and help children learn math in that way. So it's kind of a strange thing for an unschooler to do, to write, an, uh, write a curriculum. But yeah, for me, it for me it fits but um yeah and i'm I'm organizing lots of things for uh, other homeschoolers just not not just unschoolers but everyone who joins to in wants to join in so there's not a lot of unschoolers in the netherlands at all there's just a couple of families because a lot of people want to unschool when their children are four or five years old but then when they reach the age when other children in our country start learning to read and write and math then they're like oh can't not do that. <laughs> yeah, then unschooling is out of the window. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That is so fascinating. And, you know, 
thank you for your effort in working with the government. I can imagine yeah. what that, because that isn't, you're talking with people, when you're talking with people in the government, they're not even interested in homeschooling. Like they are no. have a super negative view. So it's not like you're talking to people who are curious. They are not, no. curious. they just want to shut it down. Right. Yeah. And they know that they think they know better than I do. Yeah. 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 No, no, exactly. So uh, <laughs> thanks for taking that on. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. and I think like you were saying, you were saying that now that you've stepped back from that, you're seeing other people stepping up. And I'm sure yeah. that's because you were just a shining example of what can be done, right? That you can approach the different parties and talk to them and explain even, even when it's painful, even when you need a couple of days recovery after that you chose to do this because it was that important to you. Right. So yeah. I think that was just a beautiful example for them that they can, that they can rally around. So that's wonderful. And I wanted to touch on your math curriculum <laughs> no, yeah, because like, that's brilliant. I mean, it almost sounds like curriculum is just the only word that you can use, but really, like you said, it's about creating that environment. And I think what that will be so helpful with is what we talked about earlier. So many parents with math phobia, right? Yeah. Like you're really just in working them through that and Mm -hmm. showing them how you can create a fun environment where math is just there, right? It just bubbles up because math is, is a language of our lives, isn't it? Yeah. And, and seeing patterns and shapes and and things like that. And it's, it's really fun that you're mentioning it because um, I have two families that are testing the material I write to, uh, for me to see if it works and if yeah. the children like it and if the parents are able to uh, to do it with their children. And they both are a bit like math. Mm. Uh, so they're really good testers for me because if yeah. they can do it, then that's a really good uh, good sign. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to them a lot about math phobia and things like that and, and to other people in the homeschool, homeschooling community as well. For, especially for women, a lot of women, they don't, uh, my age at least, that they don't think they're good at math because when we went to school, um, there was more of a focus that boys are good at math and not girls. So um, when I went to university, I went to the to a University of Technology in the Netherlands. Um, there were like 25% women and 75% men. So that's, that's also been a, a difference uh, uh, for, for math phobia that is more for women than for fathers. And in homeschooling families, the thing is that most of the time the fathers work and the mothers have to teach their children or do anything and do the unschooling. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're the ones doing it. And then um, they're the ones with the most math phobia. So they, um, yeah, I thought they could use some help. And, and then uh, when they are doing it with their children, at the same time, they learn as well. And now they are able to see, well, I'm not really that bad in it. I can do it as well. So at least that's what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. 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 It seems it's, it's for the family. It's not, not a math curriculum for the kids to follow. It is for the family to play with. So that's 
awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm having so much fun with it. It's a bit um, daunting as well, because then uh, I, I, what I did was I thought it was the most important that the people who are at the, the children that are at age that um, they might go to uh, high school, that there, um, that there's a program for them to do that gets them up to speed so they can go to high school if they want to. So I've made something that is for like the 11 to 14 year olds. And it does like all of the math that you learn in elementary school in one year. So that's a bit of, of an ambitious pro- project to take on. But it's also um, that there are so many different subjects to do. And I was like, oh, sometimes when I'm working on it, I'm thinking, oh, it's too much. I'm not sure if I can make it. And oh, yeah, yeah. And it's also um, when you put it out there, because I finished the first half of the year, so I put it on my website and it's uh, it's selling at the moment. And I'm also like, oh, I hope they like it and I don't know yet. And uh, it's um, a bit nerve-wracking, but it's, uh, it's a good thing to do, yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like it ticks so many of your buttons, right? You know, yeah, your yeah, love yeah. of math, your love of systems, your love of trying to pull this, like just how creative that that act is of trying to pull that all together and yeah. do it in fun and interesting ways without without that, you know, that pressure mm-hmm. of, of, you know, a, a school kind of curriculum and without that, you know, step, 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 but still getting them through those pieces. Um, if that, because they're choosing that to, to move through that, if they're thinking that, you know, high school yeah. is a possibility, something that they're interested in pursuing. So yeah, I can see how that can be so much fun. And stressful because you want to know, yeah. you know, is it is it actually helping, like working yeah. out for for them? So that's really yeah. Fun. yeah, because I know it works for us because there's a lot of activities in it that I've also done with the math clubs I've been organizing for the last yeah. couple of years. So I, a lot of the activities I know they worked for us, but then I also know that a big factor in that is that. I know how math works and I really like math. So uh, the enthusiasm, we were talking about it before. Yeah, that plays a big part in it for the other children to, uh, when they do it with me, that they get it. So, but are other parents able to do it as well? So that was the test with the testing families and they're able to do it. But now the test is, other people are they able to yes. do it so maybe i'm just a bit too insecure about it because well i've tested it myself and i've let other people test it so i should be able to say that it works but yeah yeah it's uh it's an exciting thing to do at the moment i'm planning to do the last part uh finish it in uh around christmas new year and then uh up to new projects but uh, this one should be finished by then yeah so fun, so fun. So I would love to know, what is your favorite thing about the flow of your unschooling days right now? Ah, right now. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. So uh, that's a difficult question because yes. it's so much work at the moment. Yeah. So uh, um, it's so different from when they were younger. But I think the thing that I really like is that, uh, uh, I, I think I said it, mentioned it before, the, uh, that the learning is really interesting to me as well at the moment. So that's, uh, for example, the book list we're reading with my daughter. It's so interesting. The books are really, really good. And we're having so much fun with it. And it's a subject that I really like. And we're watching videos and documentaries. And I'm like, oh, so that's uh, how the, this all fits together. And it's really interesting. We watched a documentary on ancient uh, Greece. And I'll you usually learn about different parts and this documentary did a great job 
fitting all these pieces together. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. So that's something I really like. And um, I think the other thing that I really like is that my children, um, I, re I read to them every day still. So the reading aloud, that's, uh, that's really nice too. Yeah. So we're reading books every morning and evening before we go to sleep, we read books. So uh, I think that's a really nice thing as well. Yeah. 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 I'd be curious. Um, so you mentioned the book list with your daughter and you mentioned them earlier as well with your son. So in the book list, are you guys mostly reading those separate or are those the books that you're reading together in the morning and the evening? No, the, I, I read together with my uh, son and daughter at the same time. So, mm -hmm. so it's something different. The book list, we read together on, on a different part of the day. She doesn't like to read them by herself. She, um, we read them together. So and there, there are lots of books she reads by herself, but no, not these ones. Yeah. She reads Percy Jackson books by herself. Yeah. Lots of Percy Jackson books by Mick yeah. Ryden. <laughs> Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. That's, that's very fun. And I'm sure people are going to ask, so maybe you can shoot me the, the link or information about that documentary too. <laughs> the documentary. Yeah. That was, that was a good one. Yeah. I liked oh, that's it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Ava. I had so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you too. It was really interesting and really nice to talk to somebody about unschooling. <laughs> yeah. It's a great subject. I really like talking about it. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. us. Yeah, me too. It is. It, unschooling is not something that, you know, comes up in conversation face to face very often. Right. So it is so much fun to connect with people who love it as well as, as, as I do. So before we go, where can people connect with you online? Um, yeah, it's only in Dutch. So I have a blog. It's called berefin.blogspot.com. So okay. uh, that's the blog that I have for um, what we are doing. Yeah. So uh, just the home things. Um, and I have a website that I sell my uh, things on. And I write, uh, but I just started that. It's called seestrandacademy.nl. So that's uh, a website uh, that I have started. And I'm having a blog on that as well. And I'm writing more like homeschooling related uh, blogs on that. So oh. more about homeschooling and yeah. um, not about what we're actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's great. I will share those because, you know, some people from the Netherlands may end up coming across our sure. conversation at some point. So the yeah. links in the show notes will help point them in that direction as well. Yeah, that thank is you. Wonderful. Thank you again so much for chatting with me today and have a wonderful evening because you're already well into your day. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Have a nice day. Thanks. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.